Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us this week. A reminder to head over to 24-7 Sports for all the latest recruiting news and buzz from a loaded weekend on the trail, including the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Atlanta, Georgia, where Steve Wiltfong and Andrew Ivins, two national analysts at 24-7 Sports, were. So you want all the latest details on the biggest names that were in the dirty south make sure you head over to 24 7 sports before we get into the official visit outlook heading into the summer let's throw it over to national recruiting analyst brian doan to discuss the top five for five-star offensive lineman zach rice yeah, he came out on Sunday and said, you know, got to have a top five, and he's our number one offensive tackle, the number one offensive tackle in the 24-7 sports composite. You know, I, I don't think there's a lot of shock involved with the top five. You have North Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Alabama. Alabama is the one school that you may sit there and go, oh, wow, what, when did they get involved? He had been talking about Bama for a few months when he released a top eight in the fall. Alabama was not on it, but, you know, it's Alabama. And when you're an offensive lineman or probably any position and Alabama starts hitting you up more, you pay attention to it. And and there is that relationship with the assistant coach from Alabama recruiting Zach is Sal Sanceri. And he played, you know, against Zach Rice's coach. Zach Rice's coach played at Penn State. And so they've they've had a connection for a while and know each other. So you, you look at it and you say, what's next? Well, he's going to try to make official visits. It's, you know, coming up in June. And he actually told me he he's penciled one in for July for UVA. It's not in pen yet because some things have to get worked out. I mean, I guess they all do considering we're still waiting for the official word. But he also told me next weekend he was going to be down at North Carolina to take another look around down there and, and kind of, you know, now that it's further along in the process, really start delving a little deeper into some of these schools. And I know he had spoken about in the spring getting out to Ohio State and Notre Dame, which is still an option. Now, keep in mind, in Virginia, they're still in their high school season. They pushed their high school season till the spring. And so they're playing. And I think he played Friday night and had like 15 pancake blocks and a bunch of tackles for loss. So he's still doing, he, he's still involved in that. And he was in basketball season prior to that. So he's been pretty busy, but, and, you know, he also wants to get down to Alabama, but, but I think, you know, I think next for him is really learning more about some of these schools and trying to schedule visits. But, you know, I, I keep an eye on that UVA one in July. If it holds true and, and they go through with it, it makes sense because UVA, which is the closest school to him, is trying to position itself for a late official visit maybe before a summer decision for Zach. Zach. 
We have Blake Alderman on the line here on, on this show to discuss one of the big topics heading into the summer. I know we just kicked off the spring, but the recruiting dead period appears to be being lifted at the start of June when the recruiting dead period ends at the end of May. That's been the latest update from the NCAA Division One Council. Blake Alderman covers the Florida Gators, and no one has been setting up a mega recruiting visit to kick things off in the summer, more so than the Florida Gators. First of all, Blake, how are we doing? I'm good. This is my first time actually on the podcast, so I'm actually a little nervous. Kind of a big deal here, but I'm also really glad to be on, so I really appreciate it. We've got a debut here for Blake Alderman. You know, it, first timer. Yeah, it's it's not too bad, right? Yeah, I think you're doing you think you're doing fine. I mean, we're only 15 seconds in, but I think you've kicked it off pretty well. Speaking of kicking it off, Blake, and and this was kind of the big topic that we wanted to get into. We have been in a recruiting dead period for over a year now. And the NCAA has been pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. I think it's been three or four times now that it's been extended. The most recent update was that it had been extended through the end of May. So college programs were hopeful that maybe they would be able to get campus visitors at some point this month, maybe in late February. All of that is off the table. But now... There have been some whispers, and I feel like college coaches have gotten the green light to start scheduling some of these official visits. And that's what Florida and many other programs across the country have started to do. The Gators have lined up a mega weekend to kick off the month of June. It includes a handful of four-star prospects, a couple five-star prospects, a committed player in in, in uh, the quarterback Nick Evers from, from the state of Texas. So it's going to be, I think, one of those things that really sets off and gives some momentum in this 2022 class. No doubt. You know what? I think whenever you have the luxury of having a guy like, you know, your quarterback, that's always your bell cow of your class. You know, you want that guy in there recruiting for your team. You want that guy in there, you know, being in the ear of all the other guys that are going to be on campus, whether they're targets, other commits that they're getting to know. I guess you could call it a big deal. You know, you always want those kind of guys. And ever seems like one of those guys since he committed that he's going to be aggressive in recruiting other guys. So, um, you know, like you said, it's shaping up to be a big weekend for Florida. We currently have 11 guys that have confirmed, you know, hey, we're going to definitely be in there this weekend. We're definitely taking an official visit to Florida. Um, there could be, you know, even one more. So Florida could have a dozen guys there for that first weekend in June, that June 4th weekend. So I don't know. I haven't seen any other official visit weekends, but it's looking like Florida's, like you said, is going to have one of those mega weekends. So it's looking like the month of June is going to be a big weekend in Gainesville. There are some programs that are starting to send out invites. And we have known, obviously, for a while, for a few years now, that graphics play such an important role where recruits are able to market themselves on social media. They're able to you know, post it on their Instagram. And some of these schools are starting to send out potential dates for these recruits to circle on their calendars. And I, I thought it was very interesting that Florida already, they've been waiting a long time. And I know a lot of coaches have been waiting a long time, but for sure. them to do it on what looks like will be the first available weekend, what does that say to you about the, the hunger and kind of that anticipation that this staff has, not only to kick things off, but I, I think to do it in such a big way where they've got guys like Evan Stewart on campus as well. So you, you want that last official visit, but I think Florida is not afraid to even be the first official visit. 
You know, I, I don't think so either. You know, and I think that Florida in general, you look at how they finished last year in the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. They finished outside of the top 10. I want to say that Mullen had had a top 10 class the three years before the 2021 class. And I just think in general, this staff does better getting guys in person. They get they, they do a good job getting guys on campus, whether it's an unofficial visit, official visit, whether it's a spring practice to show development, show how they coach, whether it's an unofficial official visit for a game to show the atmosphere and, and just spend time in person. I think that this staff in general does a really good job recruiting in person. And I think that last year, with most of it being a dead period, you know, don't get me wrong, Florida had a really big junior day weekend there. I think it was the March 7th weekend in 2020. Um, so, I mean, they've had, so they had, they were able to get some big time guys on campus. And I think that was a luxury considering that the rest of the year was dead, that there were some guys that had been to Florida. There were some guys that had experienced Florida, even some guys now in the 2022 class that were underclassmen at the time that were able to come visit Florida at some point in their recruitment. So I think that this staff in general just does a really good job recruiting guys in person. So I think that, you know, first chance you get, I think that they're just wanting to get those guys in there, get them to experience Gainesville, get to them. You know, Florida has been pretty aggressive with doing virtual visits like everyone else in the country. And I think that now they've done a lot of those virtual visits. They've kind of shown guys, this is what Florida has. This is what Florida can do for you. And now this is the chance to kind of come back and confirm some of the things they saw in person. I think the strategy is is going to be really significant here to see which programs maybe hold off and, and try to get more official visitors later on in a, a, at a later date, or who's going to be able to save some of these spots for during the season when some recruits can go in there and, and check out a game and get that whole weekend experience after what at that time will be nearly two years away from being able to do so, right, from a recruiting standpoint. And I think with Florida jumping in, I think they're sending a statement to the rest of the country. And and I was looking and I was scanning and I was trying to go through some of these big visit weekends and Florida's is the one that popped out the most. Now, the headliner would appear to be Evan Stewart. You know, right now he is a recent decommitment from the University of Texas. He had been there, uh, been committed there for a couple of weeks, backed off that pledge, now has an eye on the SEC. Steve Wilfong and I got to see him a couple of weeks ago at the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Dallas. Nick Evers, the Florida quarterback commit, was also in that same camp, and they're both, they both hail from the state of Texas. Both being there at the same time in Gainesville, how impactful do you think that could be for Florida's uh, attempt to try to land another prospect from the Lone Star State? You know, I think it could be big, you know, looking there. Not only does, you know, Nick Evers and Evan Stewart, not only are they both from the state of Texas, but they also are seven on seven teammates. They have a connection there. So, you know, Nick, as soon as he committed, you know, obviously they have that connection off the field, on the field. So that was one of the guys that he's obviously going to target. So you know, even since then, this past weekend at the Pylon seven on seven camp in Dallas, you know, Nick and uh, and Evan both were playing on, you know, Evan didn't get there till Sunday, but, you know, they have played together. He's been in his ear. So, you know, not only is it a luxury that, you know, sure, the state of Texas in the 2020 class is absolutely loaded. So, you know, if there's a state, you know, obviously the state of Florida, I mean, Florida's got a, a wealth of talent in their backyard. State of Georgia is right there, their next door neighbor, if you want to call it that. The state of Texas is loaded, man. I mean, if you have a quarterback that is supposed to be your bell cow, like I said, your polarizing guy in your class, you know, you want one in that loaded state of Texas and you want to try to grab as many guys from that state as you can. But, you know, Florida has plenty of other guys that are going to be there that weekend too. You know, you've got a five star in Jacoby Matthews, you've got a five star in Gentry Williams, plenty of other four star top 50 kids. But I think to me, 
probably one of the most interesting things when you look through, you know, 11, 12 guys are going to be there on campus. You know, you got a guy like Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver from the state of Florida, Christian Miller, the defensive tackle from the state of Georgia, you know, Terrence Gibbs from a running back there, Tyler Booker, the four-star offensive tackle. The theme that I get from a lot of these guys is that a lot of these guys are going to want to have a decision before the season. You know, these guys are going to want to have a decision, whether it's in June, sometime in July or August. So I think that it's, you know, whenever you see guys setting official visits this early out, you kind of think like, man, kind of risky. You know, you, you have some guys that are going to probably take some official visits later. And sure, a lot of those guys that are on the official visit for Florida aren't going to make a decision right away, but it's a chance for Florida to go ahead and get in there and get them on campus, kind of sell their product, you know, show them around it. And you kind of have to play the game of getting them to come back at a later date, whether that's on an unofficial visit on their own dime, you know, or, or you know, in some capacity, you have to get them back either way, you know, on some, you know, on some form of anything, if you need to do that later. But a lot of these guys are looking to make their decision before their season. So I think you're seeing that Florida's kind of being methodical with it in the sense that they're trying to kind of set things up and use those official visits for these guys that are trying to make summertime, you know, before my senior season type of decisions. So Florida's just trying to get their first crack right away. Yeah, they're trying to make that first impression. We're going to be back more with Blake Alderman here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The madness is underway and you may be wondering, how do I actually watch all these games? What's on CBS? What's not on CBS? Where the heck is your favorite team? Relax. It's easy. Go to the CBS Sports app on your connected TV or phone. From there, you'll be able to see every tournament game and everything that's available to watch, whether it's on CBS or March Madness Live. Think of it like a gateway to all the action. So download the CBS Sports app now so you never miss a minute of the NCAA tournament. Blake, how's March Madness treating you? I I know you've been feeling a little bit under the weather, but this is one of the biggest and best sports weekends of the year, right? Absolutely. I wish that my bracket looked as good as how I'm happy to see March Madness. <laughs> I'm a big March Madness guy. You know, I, I can't sit there and say that I watch all these Cinderella type teams and the lower C type teams, but I, I mean, I always fell out of bracket. I always follow it religiously. You know, I always watch a lot of those playing games to kind of get an idea, but I think this might be the worst bracket that I've had since I've ever filled one out. Like this year, my bracket, like the first day I looked at it and was like, let's just rip this thing up. I'm done with it. I think you and, and everyone else. I mean, I, I just feel like no one has a pulse on college basketball basketball the way that we have had a pulse on it before, right? And especially the fact that the, I guess the attendance numbers are are very limited as well. The capacity has been restrained. So I don't think we have that same type of fire and energy in the arenas. And I think that allows for maybe a a bit more level playing field, right? We've seen some upsets. We saw number one seed Illinois already lose to Loyola. And, And in a typical setting, if they're a number one seed, imagine how how many fans were visiting, right? Or how many fans were traveling with that program? I just feel like it has leveled the playing field a little bit and, and allowed for maybe some more drama on the court. And and like you said, just a lot a lot of brackets being ripped up. One bracket that, that's not being ripped up, and that's Florida's uh, official visitor list for that first weekend in the month of June. I know we've got April to go through. I know we've got May to go through. But for Florida to, out of the gate, already start to set up some of these trips, I think it is 
really significant. And one reason is because there's no blueprint, right? And, and I think you touched on it there. That was going to be my next point. You touched on it on the first, in the first segment is that no one really knows how to operate this. This is the first go around. No one has a, a, a kind of roadmap to follow. And I, I think it's not just a, a Florida thing, but it's going to be a, a national thing where recruits are going to have to not only figure out where they want to go, but then schools are going to have to be able to configure and, and kind of put these lists together of, of prospects that might be interested, that might be close to making a decision. I think with Florida specifically, one thing stands out, and that's the fact that Nick Evers is already on that on that list. So not only do they want their committed QB to be on campus with all these other high-profile prospects, you mentioned the five stars, including Jacoby Matthews from the state of Louisiana, but also it gives them kind of a, a nice boost, right? And they got they get to kind of see that this quarterback who's already committed there is also on campus with me. Uh, he's trying to recruit me to go to that school. I, I think it's just very good planning on behalf of that staff. You know, I agree. I think that at this point, you know, Florida, we'll see how the layout of official visit goes. Is it going to change anymore? Are there certain limitations on what you can and can't do compared to a normal year? But I, I think regardless, if they have those limitations on players that are currently there, because obviously, you know, you always have a player host, you spend time around players, you get to see the town. If there are limitations on that, I guess the silver lining for Florida is that they do have a guy that's committed that is is able to, I guess, fill some of that selling gap that the coaches may or may not be able to do. I mean, again, we'll see how that all works, but you have a guy that is is kind of your unofficial recruiter there. You know what I'm saying? Like a guy that can, you know, kind of tell guys things, but it's interesting because Evers has taken a self-guided tour to Florida himself. He's coming off his commitment earlier in the month of, a month of March, but I mean, he hasn't seen the inner workings of Florida. I mean, he has never even met with the coaches in person before. So, I mean, there are some I guess, differences in a normal year, because normally when you have a guy that's committed there, you're like, oh man, this guy's going to be able to give the tour himself. You know, he's going to be able to show all these guys around and it's a little different, but I guess there is some silver lining because Evers knows, you know, you know, every guy that commits it, especially a quarterback, you get a list of guys you need to go after. Coaches kind of convene with him and they talk, you know, Hey, this is who we really like. We need you to go after this guy and that guy. Evers doesn't really know a lot of the things that a normal, you know, recruited guy would know in an official visit. So sure, there's some positives to have a guy that can kind of sell the brand, you know, kind of talk to those guys if there are those limitations. But, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how things go, you know, because we don't quite know yet. You know, we're still a couple months out. I mean, officially, they haven't even come out and said that the dead period is going to end. Sure, it's on track for that. But they, you know, I mean, we've seen it been moved back three times. So it's kind of like the, you know, Charlie Brown kicking the football thing, you know, could it be that again? You know, we're not sure. But at this point, it does look like things will open back up in June. You know, we'll see. It's obviously, like I said, it's not official, but, you know, I'm really interested to see if there are any limitations here. Charlie Brown taking L's left and right, right? No, he, he's trying to make a field goal and he's running up and then you get the ball taken away. And then that's a pretty good analogy there. That that's pretty much been our life with the recruiting <laughs> death period of the last year. It definitely year. has. And I think that's what I'm interested to see what the recruiting visit now looks like in modern day. I, I think we've seen college coaches adapt and they've gone virtual, right? We've seen a lot of Zoom meetings. We've done virtual tours, even with recruits getting on the phone or on video calls with college professors and, and athletic directors. And, and, and there's just so many different variables now. I'm interested to see now once everything gets back in person, once we're able to kind of get on campus and see things, how the official visit changes. You mentioned earlier that recruits typically have a host or, or a couple hosts. And that host is in charge of giving that recruit 
a good idea of what student athlete life is on campus, off campus, where to eat, all, all kind, kinds of things to do during the weekend. There, there's a lot of different variables that go in play. And if they're going to roll in, you know, at this point, Florida, for example, has 11 recruits scheduled to be on campus at the same time for their official visit. Are all those families then, you know, supposed to not be together at, at one point? Will they have one big dinner or like a welcome party? Will they have kind of those meetings with the head coach afterward one by one? Uh, you know, are the families allowed to intermingle? Will there even be hosts? I mean, there's just so many question marks. And the reason why I, I think Florida's is significant is not only because they have such a loaded official visit weekend already, but it's the first one. So I think it's going to give a lot of people an idea of what that could look like, given the parameters. I agree. You know, I think a lot of teams are going to be kind of looking as Florida as like a cheat sheet, you know, like, you know, what did Florida get to do this weekend? I mean, obviously when you have that many guys on campus at the same time, it's going to be some strategizing there. You know, do you stagger guys out uh, in the sense of, you know, on a self-guided tour, you know, I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think players are able to interact with guys on a self-guided tour. You know, obviously you can't go into the facilities, you can't go around coaches, you can't go around, you know, people that are involved in the, in the, you know, in the inner, inner workings of the program, but you can hang around players. So in my thought, me totally kind of speculating here, you would think that, you know, hanging out with the players could probably be okay. You know, especially with Florida, you know, even by June, obviously everyone's going to be gone through, you know, spring football. Florida just actually wrapped theirs up this past weekend. So Florida kind of got done with spring ball really early. So you would think that, you know, if there's some limitations about worrying about having your players around, you know, families, you know, outsiders or anything like that, that, you know, there's some ways to game plan there. You know, are these guys going to be able to hang around each other at the same time? Because those are things that make the official visit good, you know, hang around guys, you know, if you're going to play with these guys at the next level, can I vibe with them? Can I, can I hang out with them? Do we get along? You know, those are the things that make these big type of weekends, what make them so great. You know, you have these guys that can kind of get that camaraderie together, can kind of figure out if they, you know, click and all these sorts of things, you know, typically on a, on a Sunday, whenever you're wrapping up the official visit weekend, families all kind of gather together at that head coach's house, they eat, they kind of have an exit meeting. So there are a lot of questions that I'm really interested to see. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to be, you know, in the weeds pretty heavily. Cause I mean, I have to cover this weekend. So I, I have a lot of questions that I'm really looking forward to getting answered that first weekend of June. You've got a couple months to to put together a, a checklist or or a to do. You guys list. say Hail Mary for me because I'm probably <laughs> gonna need it that weekend. Yeah, yeah. We're joined by Blake Alderman. You can follow him on Twitter at Blake underscore Alderman. He covers Florida recruiting for 24-7 sports. Blake, before we let you go, Florida finished fifth in the SEC in the 2021 class, and they finished outside the top ten nationally. I know obviously not what the Gators or their fans want, and you want to finish near that top five and then continue to push for elite talent. They did a, a decent job, but what do they need to do in this 2022 group to take the next step? You know, I think if you look at just the the history of since Dan Mullen has arrived in Gainesville, I think when you look at the offensive line, sure, they've landed some guys, but they just haven't landed some big time guys along the offensive line. You know, you see a lot of those guys and John Hevesy, Florida's offensive line coach has been known as a, as a developer. He's not a guy that goes out and he lands, you know, Buku four high, you know, five stars, high four star type of guys. So, you know, they got a guy that, you know, 24 seven really likes and Tony Livingston, the four star offensive tackle. He committed to Florida earlier uh, this month. I mean, he's played kind of a jumbo wide receiver tight end type position, but he's a, you know, I think a six foot five, 250 pound type of guy. So, I mean, that's, that's not going to jive at the next level in the college football game. I mean, he's going to be an offensive lineman at that next level, but it's a good start for Florida, you know, continuing to land those guys in the offensive line. I think that if you look at some of the guys that Florida's landed, I think they've done a good job at that interior part of the offensive line at that center and guard position. Offensive tackle is a spot where they've really struggled. You know, sure. Stone Forsyth was a guy last year that, you know, played higher than his ranking coming out of high school. You've got a guy on the right 
right side of the offensive line and John Delance, who has really kind of been a struggle for Florida. But then you kind of look at it. It's like, man, this guy struggled for, you know, two, three years in Gainesville. You know, why haven't they tried anybody else? And I think that's just due to recruiting. You don't have those guys that are ready. And I think continuing to add a guy like a Tyler Booker, you know, a guy who's going to be on an official visit that weekend in June and for Florida. You know, I mean, that's an elite type of offensive lineman that Florida hasn't landed in quite some time. You know, so I think continuing to improve on the offensive line. I think that starting out under Dan Mullen, when you had, you know, the previous defensive line coach in South Sinceri, I think he really did struggle of adding those guys on the defensive line. And I think that David Turner, the current defensive line coach at Florida, has had to make up for a lot of that through recruiting. Even to the point that, you know, this past year, or excuse me, into this year, if Florida didn't land two guys out of the transfer portal that were graduate guys, they were going to be starting, you know, guys that were redshirt freshmen, true freshman type of guys that really didn't have the snaps last year. So I think, you know, continuing to add depth there, those kind of depth guys to build that on the defensive line, I think is important too. And even, you know, at the running back position, Florida's done a good job of getting guys through the transfer portal. You got a guy like five former five star Lorenzo Lingard. You've got a guy like former five star Demarcus Bowman. But Florida hasn't really landed those type of guys at that running back position from the high school ranks. So I think continuing to add those kind of guys, you know, Terrence Gibbs is a perfect type of guy that Florida could add, you know, that's going to be on an official visit that weekend. And I think I'm actually close to putting in a crystal ball for him. I think that Florida, last time I talked to him, I think that Florida's probably in the best spot for him right now. Receiver position is in one that I think Florida has done a pretty pretty good job over the course of the last couple of years of adding some talented guys, but they're having guys that are going to the, you know, the NFL at a, at a pretty high rate. So I think continue to add some of those guys, especially with how Florida threw the ball last year. I think this is a good year to where they can capitalize on some of those playmaker type of guys. So continue to add some of those guys, you know, you have a, you know, a guy that, you know, is getting first round tabs and Kadarius Tony, you know, if he's, you don't have to sell the Percy Harvin position, which was like what, 2006, seven. I mean, that was like forever ago to some of these guys. So now you have a guy that can register with some of these guys. So I think that capital Capitalizing on the success they had on the offensive guys with skill position type of guys, especially in offensive line, continuing to fill into that defensive line position. I think that they've done a good job recruiting at cornerback over the last couple cycles. I think safety, they did a good job this past cycle. So, you know, I think on the defensive side, outside of that defensive line spot, I think they've done a pretty good job recruiting, but just continue to get better in the trenches, I think is probably the biggest thing for Florida on top of adding some more of those skill type of guys. He said he was nervous for his debut appearance on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, but Blake Alderman certainly did not show it. Blake, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to have you on again. Thanks. Anytime. All right. That is Blake Alderman. You can follow him on Twitter at Blake underscore Alderman for everything Florida Gators and obviously that big official visit weekend to kick off the month of June. For all the latest uh, across the country, not just Florida, but everywhere from the Northwest to the Southeast and everywhere in between, make sure you stay locked in over at 24-7 Sports. That'll do it for us this Monday. Make sure you check back later this week for another episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.